Welcome back, everybody. Take a break with Steve. Steve and Seamus. Good to see you, my friend. How's it going today? Every day is a good day. Above the what, earth. What's, what's special? What's special on your shirt, Alex? Uh, this is just, it's a monogrammed shirt from a pub in U- UK. Uh, you're dressing up you're dressing up the, the old show, huh? fighting cocks yeah 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 got it well ha- happy jewish new year yeah you as well uh, obviously hope you have a safe hope you have a safe fast yeah yeah i i can't i think i've gone five hours as long as i've ever gone fasting <laughs> even then it's i think i had exa- a couple peanuts it's not, it's not exactly fasting so, yeah i know uh, i know i can't right, do so it so what do so what do we got today, Alex? Oh my goodness. So much stuff. So much good stuff. Um, we're going to go down some, some kind of like independent Marvel and then like just some crazy stuff. We're going to start with, start with Elsa Bloodstone, who's been coming, moving up in the world. Uh, she, Mr. Billy Tucci's uh, Oblivion song. Um, we're going to go right back, talk about a little bit more Toxin. Nubia, the, the real one, uh, just like her book says. And then Scud, the disposable assassin. Yeah. So as we're seeing is, uh, I think you're starting to see the nostalgia craze totally. uh, back from the 80s and 90s and whatever from when we were growing up. You saw it with the sports cards. It usually follows not too far after. You know, so players that aren't even in the Hall of Fame, the Don Mattingly's, the Dwight Goodens, the Daryl Strawberries, all their stuff is rising. Yep. So you're starting to see that. And as we talk more and more about Netflix and these other uh, TV shows, I mean, we'll talk more about it next week, like with Grendel. But, you know, these are vintage properties that are starting to be used. So um, it it is very interesting what's happening in the market. And I think there's a total speculator market now that's happening where these are low pop books, hard to find, hard to get in nine eights. People are like, oh, I'll spend two, three, 400 bucks, take a shot. And if they make a movie out of it, it's worth 10 times that because you literally can't find any of these books. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So what are we going to start with today, Alex? Let's talk about the Bloodstones and Elsa. Yeah. So again, this book is from 2001, Alex, uh, right around the corner years old, Yeah, 20 years old. Talk a little bit about Elsa Bloodstone. And why do you think that all of a sudden there's been this massive rise in popularity? Uh, Elsa Bloodstone is essentially the uh, Buffy of the Marvel universe. You know, I hate to use that term because it's, you know, even the even Buffy was, a, you know, used in other ways but she's a monster hunter uh from a long line of family monster hunters um you know this is this is a character you know the bloodstone family has been in marvel comics for a while this character was brought about in 2001 i think you see it with the venom movie and using ravencroft and like you know there's been talks about a werewolf by night halloween movie for next year so you know if you want to go if marvel's going to go into the cosmic world with all the guards of galaxy and and all that and having people in space you know the monster hunter stuff is very easy i mean the first big marvel movie was blade i mean that really that really helped kick off everything so it's all speculation right all speculation but i mean it's good spec and this is again this is 2001 you're talking two years before it was it was they were in bankruptcy they weren't printing any books It, it is hard to believe you know when you say 2001 and you say it's 20 years ago it is hard to believe that you know 2001 is 20 years ago right so bloodstone number one uh december of 2001 386 blue label and four gold label 98 so it's there's a lot and it's a 700 dollars book alex bananas uh yeah Absolutely. first appearance yeah first appearance of elsa bloodstone no no variants by the way nope. this is pre-variant days right yeah uh first appearance of elsa bloodstone dan abnett and andy lanning story michael lopez with scott hannah art and it was a michael lopez cover two three and four are not cheap either uh, number two, January of 2002, 33 blue label, 9.8, zero gold label, 9.8. That's about 175 to $200 book. 
uh, same creative team. Number three and number four are both listed as double zeros in the pop. So CGC wow. hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. To um to to you know it takes a little there's a little bit of a a, a, a lag window of time. Yeah, yeah a lag. So a uh, bloodstone number three was February of two thousand and two. That's about one hundred and fifty to one hundred seventy five dollar book. Bloodstone number four was March of two thousand and two. That's one hundred seventy five to $200 book. So clearly when people saw the rise on one and two, they started sending in threes and fours. We're waiting for that lag to end. Yeah. Uh, but those books are not cheap. Those books are probably in dollar boxes. As a matter of fact, if you go to comic shows, there probably are not dealers who are on top of it. Look, you and I talk about a lot of stuff every week that if yeah. you're not focused, razor sharp, razor, uh, you know, fo- laser focused on right. it, yeah. you could easily miss it. And this is a stuff, this is stuff that like, if you had a full set of Blunster one through four and I'm going through your collection and you've got, uh, you know, the amazing Spider-Man 911 issue and these are I'm pulling those out before I'm actually looking at like anything else in there. I'm pulling the major keys right away. Right. Right. Let me tell you something. There's so many times where I go to my brother's store at Toy Wiz and they got hundreds and hundreds of long boxes and you can, right. you know, you physically. And it's amazing what you'll find in there because you'll find a full run of something. And you'll be like, ah, oh, it's crap. Oh, and then all of a sudden. You know, you go back six weeks later and it's gold. Yeah. You know, exactly. yeah. It, it's so funny. I can't even go through the boxes. There's so many of them. But yeah. uh, all right. What do we got next, Alex? Let's talk about uh, your old friend, Billy Tucci. She, she, right. shy. An- another part of the Bad Girls era, early yeah. 90s, Lady Death. She, we saw lots and lots of them. Uh, Michael Turner's Fathom. Yeah. Uh, all those Witch things behind Fathom, you know, Witchblade. You know, yeah. we, we've seen all these. These characters has definitely been a resurgence in she the prices have skyrocketed on again yeah um talk a little bit about the character she it's very closely associated with billy we've known billy for 20 something years um the character has you know he's continued to publish the character after so long yeah i mean this i mean every show he's got something to show for that character and that property um and you know any any collector in the 90s has some type of she comic in there, no matter what it is. If it's a swimsuit, it's a single issue, it's one of the razor annuals, everybody has a copy of it. Um, you know, character that's been, you know, around for a long time. Um, she was a, you know, half American, half Japanese, was trained to kill the mob, you know, kind of like that 90s, you know, kung fu movie type era. Um, you know, and, and the characters, again, the characters lasted so long, Bill, Billy at every show has got something for you if you're a fan. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you could stick around long enough, like we said with Grendel and some of these other characters, uh, that it, it, you know, comes back again. You know, yeah. It's like clothing almost. Yeah. All right. So Razor Annual number one uh, from London Night Studios, 1993. Uh, only eight blue label and zero gold label nine eights. Uh, there That's are crazy. only 16 blue label and two gold label 9.6s. Uh, last nine eight sold for twelve hundred dollars. Uh, first appearance of she pin up by Tim Vigil on the back cover. Uh, Billy Tucci story, uh, a Mark Sasso cover. I'm again. I don't know why Billy didn't do the cover on it. Uh, there's also a gold edition. Yeah. Uh, from December of ninety three. There's only eight total in all of the grades. Yeah. There's no high grades on it. It's eighty to one hundred twenty five dollars raw. You can't find that book. That's the book you got to look for. And again, you'll be able to find she back issues in those dollar boxes. Yeah. You will. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're giving you good stuff here. You know, we're not just talking about the big Spider Man, whatever. Yada yada yeah. yada. We're giving you advice where you can go to a comic show and find these books in dollar boxes. There's no question, Alex. Definitely. That after a year of being not being on the road, that these kinds of books that we're talking about today are in dollar boxes. No yep. question in my mind. Yep. All right, cool. All right, so uh, it's that time of the week. Alex's pick of the week. What do you got for us, Alex? Uh, my pick of the week is 
going to be an easy one um, because, but I'm surprised you guys don't own, own it already, or maybe you did, but the X-Men number one original Jim Lee arts going up for sale, which is gonna. Yeah. Yeah. All pieces, all pieces. Did you guys have that at some point? I feel like that is. No, uh, no? Jim never sold it. So, so back about 30 years ago, when those, all those first issues came out, my dad secured the Spider-Man one from Todd in a trade for baseball cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our store, uh, Jim sold the full X-Men one complete right without the cover. I don't know who bought the full book, Jim. I don't believe Jim has the original art to the interiors. I think that sold as complete. Right. Because back then you would sell the pages, but they, the covers would go separate. Right. Of course. Nobody really sold. Nobody sold complete that way. So Jim hang, hung on to the covers. I believe X-Force one. And again, I'm going back 30 years. It's a long yeah. time. I believe X-Force 1 sold complete. Uh, there was X-Force Spider-Man. Uh, then what was the other? Uh, X-Men Spider-Man, X-Force. Was there another big number one? Or that Those were the big three. I think those were the big three. Those were the big three. So Jim ones, hung yeah. on to it. They expect to get $5 million. I don't know. If it's you're going to get $5 million for the cover, you have to find like a fine art type buyer. It's going to be very, very tough because the comic stuff doesn't generally sell like that. Um, mm-hmm. But... Is there a chance that they'll get that? I, I do. I, I believe that there's probably an original art collector out there. There might be that's somebody big. who's a crypto crypto millionaire, yeah. whatever, that says, hey, $5 million. I don't, you know, I only paid X number of dollars for the crypto. That You're seeing that a lot in the collectibles industries yeah. with these yeah. crazy prices. A lot of them are being bought by crypto type people that, that made thousands of times multiples on their money. So yeah. it's almost like funny money to them. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put in 20, you made 5,000, and now you can just buy whatever you want. But yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely going to be a record setter for sure. I I don't know how torpedo torpedo has them, and they're the ones putting them up for auction. Yeah, I don't they're, know they're, they're taking had... offers. I think they're right. taking offers. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I think they didn't want to risk maybe putting it out there and maybe it sells for a million or two million. Right. I think Jim wants a certain price. They did post a very funny video. I don't know if you saw the video where where John spills yeah yeah his dinner dinner <laughs> obviously obviously that was a reprint nobody right. should get nervous yeah um I will tell you that you know when my dad had sold his artwork through Heritage uh they were kind enough to do a 3D um replica so that my dad could still hang the same artwork my dad had certain artwork hanging in the house so they did a print a 3D print replica so they could hang them up oh in that's the house. fun uh so so they they look they look like the originals like in uh, if they're hung up on the wall, like you could you never, never tell. Know. Yeah. You would Unless never you know. Them down. Were, yeah. If you pulled them down and took them out of the, out of the, out of the frame, you would easily see that they were reprints, but, but up on the wall, when they're 3d printed, you could not tell. That's crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something All right, cool. What do we got next? Yeah. What do we got next, Alex? Uh, a newer book, um, but uh, from a, a creator that, you know, we've heard his name a gazillion times over the over the last 10 years, uh, Oblivion Song. Yeah, it's going to be a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yep. You say Jake Gyllenhaal, you say movie, you know, it's going to be a hit. Moneymaker. Uh, yep. I don't think he's had, I don't think he has had too many misses in his career. We all love Jake. Um, so talk a little bit about Oblivion Song. How does Robert Kirkman keep ch- uh, churning this stuff out? And what what is the story behind Oblivion Song? And why are they making it into a movie? Uh, I mean, it's a it's a fun, it's an easy. Okay, look, Walking Dead is just a movie about zombies, but it's the characterization that people love, right? This is a post-apocalyptic uh, comic book about, um, I believe it's Philadelphia, you know, completely destroyed. And this guy, this guy, the lead character, uh, Nathan Cole, 
he goes in and, and saves people and brings them out of, of, of the, what they call oblivion. Um, so it, again, very simple, very easy, but you know, the characterizations and, and, you know, just the, the thought of, you know, what happens after, what happens after a zombie apocalypse, what happens after a bomb is dropped in Philadelphia, if you will, you know, who has to save them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Robert Kirkman idea machine. Yeah. He's got a knack for knowing how to write it for TV or yeah. for film. Yeah, very, very good knack for that. So Oblivion Song, Image Skybound book, March of 2018, relatively new book, 858 blue label and 95 gold label, 9.8. It's about a $200 book. Uh, first appearance of Nathan Cole, as you said, with a Lorenzo de Felici cover and art. Uh, there's a collector's edition limited to 1,000 units, 163 blue label, 48 gold label, 9.8. Those are about $850. Wow. The ones that are limited to a thousand. Uh, the pink Lorenzo signature variant, 421 blue label, 45 gold label, 9.8s. That's about a 250 to $275 book in 9.8 and about a $25 raw book. Mm. So uh, that book is hot. Jake Gyllenhaal, when the movie comes out, I think you'll see that yeah. trend upward again as well. That's a lot. Of All right, cool. What do we got? Ooh. Yeah, what do we got next, Alex? Uh, let's talk Toxin. We, we, we've mentioned him in the past and, and talked a little bit on him, but I mean, now with the Venom trailer coming out and there was definitely a, a scene with Scream, so we know that she's probably going to be in the movie um, with all the other uh, symbiotes. Let's talk Toxin. Yeah, this book has gone absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can't buy nine eights. The Venom vs. Carnage, number one, uh, September of 2004. Um, again, the book is a 323 blue label, 85 Gold label, 9.8s, $400 in 9.8, $100 raw. Wow. But that's only a, uh, a cameo. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not a cameo. It's the first appearance of Patrick Mulligan. He only becomes toxin in issue number two, right. Venom vs. Carnage number two, October of 2004, 140 blue label and 34 gold label, 9.8s. That book is up to $900. It's $450 in a 96 so the movie is definitely starting to drive. The, the trailer looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think Woody Harrelson Carnage is going to be the breakout of the whole thing. Yes. Uh, I think the Carnage stuff is going to go crazy. I think that's also contributing to the Carnage, Venom versus Carnage number one and two. Yep. I think that's also contributing it because uh, the Woody yep. Harrelson character looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, be crazy. And, and the new toxin, the symbiote toxin is now attached to a teenager. So, and Venom is also attached to Eddie Brock's son. So you're seeing him beginning more young. And that that just means to me that if they're going to go in that route of teenagers and, and, and children, that the, the characters aren't going away. That symbiote staying around. Right. No, for sure. For sure. All right. What do we got next, Alex? Yeah, Nubia. Yeah. So uh, this book is absolutely on fire. Yeah, crazy. Um, you know, she's got her own new title, Nubia. Talk yep. a little bit about Nubia, how it relates to Wonder Woman, and why do you think this book is going absolutely bonkers? Um, you know, they've retconned her background a bunch, but essentially Nubia is the twin sister of Wonder Woman in some continuities. And I think in the YA book, uh, Nubia, the real one, a real one, she's still, uh, she is also a twin sister of Wonder Woman, um, but she is from the mascara. She is, she is an Amazon. Uh, in some, some, some of the comics, she uh, was, essentially the first one, one of the Wonder Woman, you know, when she, when, when Diana Prince wins the, 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 the race and the thing to become 
you know, the Wonder Woman with all the bracelets and stuff. Nubia was one of those. She was in charge of keeping the gates of, I believe, the River Styx closed. Um, and she just kind of bounced around. I mean, she, she's a character from the 70s, but, you know, after uh, um, Crisis on Infinite Earth, she the background changed. Her current background is going to change a little bit, but they're definitely using this character. She's definitely going to be around. She's a new comic book series. She has her own YA graphic novel that sold really well. So it, it's, you know, it's a character that is definitely coming back. It's also a very old character, Alex. Yeah, definitely. 48, 48 years. I, it's hard to believe because I don't recall anyone paying that much attention to it before nope. this new resurgence. Right. Agreed. So Wonder Woman number 204, January to February of 1973, year I was born. Five blue label, zero. I'm not even going to talk about gold labels because th this is, you know, older, older materials. Yeah. Not a lot of, there's basically no signature series. There are five blue label nine eights. 19 blue label nine sixes, wow. 33 blue label nine fours, and 21 9.2s. In 8.0, it's about a $700 book. So it's a wow. low pop book, even above 9.2. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wonder Woman returns to the old costume, first appearance of Nubia, origin of Wonder Woman and the Amazon race. The Don Heck cover, it's a pretty good cover. Heck, yeah. Then 205, uh, 23 9.8s, 32 9.6s. 22 9.4s. That's about a $300 book in 8.0. Uh, Diana begins work at the United Nations. It's the origin of Nubia. Uh, uh, this time it's a Nick Cardi cover. Interestingly enough, Wonder Woman number 206 from June to July of 73 is her first cover with mm -hmm. her origin. 26 blue label 98s, 33 blue label 96s. That's a $975 Ooh. book in 9.8. Yeah. So that's her first cover. It's a bondage cover. As we know, the bondage covers from the 70s are extremely popular. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of them anymore just because of the, you know, the, the, the times and, uh, you know, the, the, the climate, uh, you know, is, it just doesn't lend itself to it anymore. But the yeah. bondage covers from the 70s are very, very popular books. And that's also a Nick Cardi cover. Nick okay, Cardi, what are we yeah, wrapping up with today, Alex? Yeah, yeah. My, one of my favorite indie books, Scud the Disposable Assassin. Again, you're talking about the 1990s, another book that's been coming around again, uh, selling at very, very high prices. I think you're seeing it because of the Ninja Turtles resurgence. I think you're seeing it spread like wildfire across the board. I think yep. you're seeing that 100%, yep. right? So so talk a little bit about Scud the Disposable Assassin. Uh, do you think it's making a resurgence? Do you think they're going to do something TV or, or a cartoon with them? Uh, what, what do you see going over there? I mean, this is a book that's, you know, it's been around for a long time and just the last 10 years, I think he finally finished the 24 issues that, you know, that it ran for. Um, but I mean, Rob, Rob Schrab uh, is in the TV and movie in industry. Like he does, he directs, you know, uh, comedy TV shows and movies and stuff. He did a bunch of directing for Parks and Rec. Like he's a writer. Like he's, he is a well-known, he's like the, he's like a, a you know, a, the tick creator, Ben Unland. Also right. created, created a, a independent comic book, took off got picked up for something and then he's now he's in the movie and tv industry like oh, that's where he yeah, went up. Him up. Um, him up oh you're right but, he's got all, yeah yeah, got yeah a lot of movie stuff yep yep so i you know this is like when you think of like tank girl and and ninja turtles and tick i put them with like the tick and tank girl world with like the creators right. actually become way more bigger than their properties um in the afterworld but i mean i had this there was a video game i played that um it, it's just a very funny comic it's, it's a you know it's a world where there's you can buy assassins from a vending machine once they kill their target they're supposed to self-destruct self 
Uh, this this one doesn't. He he maims his uh, the person he's supposed to kill, and instead of blowing himself up, keeps them alive. And to pay for the hospital bills, he becomes an assassin for hire. So it's just it's a funny book, um, but it's it's a classic and, and and something that is very hard to come by. By the way, when you look at Rob's uh, IMDb, he worked yeah. on Rick and Morty. Yeah. You know, he worked on Rick and Morty. Yeah, his Dan Harmon and him also had another comic book and another thing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very well. Creep, creep show. Yeah, TV series. Uh, he yeah. worked on several of the Lego movies. Yeah. So you're right. He's rocking and rolling, yeah. Alex. Yeah. Okay, got it. All right, cool. So Scud Disposable Assassin, uh, a Fireman Press, February of 1994, 25 blue label, 9.8s, zero gold label, 41 blue label, and one gold label, 9.6s. That's about a $525 book in 9.8. First appearance of Scud and Rob did both the story cover, uh, story and cover uh, mm -hmm. for the book. So, all right. So I think that does it for today, Alex. A good luck. Had a great time. Any questions, comments, concerns, put it in the field, and we will see everybody next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel.